Okay, so this week we're going to start off with a little bit of a different tone than we normally start off with. So normally I just ramble about some nonsense for ages and you get annoyed and then we stop talking. So what we're going to talk about this time is I'm just going to quickly, I'm just going to ch- throw some words your way. We're going to do word association very quickly just for the audience. It's Create Apocalypse episode 76. 76 now? Yes. So episode 76 of Create Apocalypse, we're going to start some word association. We've now been doing this for many years. Mm-hmm. So let's let's see where we're at. Let's see where our minds are at. So I'm going to say a word to you, and then you say a word back. Okay. All right. Ice cream. Cold. Godzilla. Cold. Mothra. Cuddly. Baseball bats. Cuddly. Nazis. Friends. I mean, <laughs> that's number one. Donald Trump. Nazis. There we go. Pedophilia. <laughs> Nazis adjacent. Adjacent to? Nazis. Hence Nazi adjacent. Donald Trump. Yeah. Okay. I came to a conclusion recently. Okay, what was your conclusion? Um, Out of the three people I've known in my life who turned out to be paedophiles, one of them was a musician. So I've come to the conclusion that one in three musicians is a paedophile. Did you hear about the lead singer of Brand New? No, what happened? (laughs) Um, Basically grooming a 15-year-old girl. Oh, what? I'm yeah. going to quickly Google this because I don't know the name of the guy from Brand New. I also I can't remember Brand New very well. Um, a lot of people love him. Really? Yeah, yeah. People, they're very influential. When you, <laughs> they're very influential in what? In like, as a fan of Brand New, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. My last chance to them was, oh, right. Brand New Council UK tool following sexual misconduct. Yeah. Claims. Uh, wow. Okay, so what's the guy's name? Um, Jesse Lacey. Yeah. Jesse Lacey has been accused of a paedophile. Oh, shit. On Sunday, Lacey issued a statement responding to the accusations in which he apologised for his actions. He's admitted to paedophilia. Yeah. He hasn't Holy gone to Ian Watkins. The shitballs. Yeah. But it, I've come to, I think scientifically it is one in three musicians, like who is. Well, no, you know three So one paedophiles. member of Rush. I think that's is. probably. That's, you know three paedophiles. I know it's acquaintances. Only one of them was like my best friend at Your school. best friends were One of my best friends at school. One what? of them was a janitor at one of my schools. Turned out, he recently turned out, everyone found out. you got three best friends that are paedophiles. No. So you essentially... God, you've got you've got a Republican can, a cabinet there, haven't you? Yeah. You're essentially Donald Trump right now. Awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. Surrounding yourself with those, those fine people, those completely defendable, completely yeah, very, fine people. very fine people. Hey, look, there were bad people on both sides, paedophiles and victims. <laughs> Who's to say which side? Who was on? One of them's called Peterphile. Anyway, and I believe you're first this week on Critical Apocalypse, so let's get a review under the under the table. I should probably decide what order I'm going to do these. All right, just go in any. Um, let's start with Robot Wars. All right, it's not Robot Wars, Red Dwarf. All right. Because Robot Wars is a couple... Why do I keep thinking about Robot Wars? It's not on tonight, that's why. I'm upset because it's not on. Red Dwarf, season 12. I, I talked about the first two episodes a couple of weeks ago. Four weeks ago. Yeah, because there's only six episodes, isn't there? Right. Red Dwarf season 12 is on. I didn't realise this was filmed last year. They filmed this apparently at the same time as season 11, so they've just been sitting on these episodes mm-hmm. for ages. Are you dying on a cracker? Channels make too much crunching noise on yeah. the microphone. So I thought you were choking on a cracker. Do you know who else choked on a cracker oh. and died? Lahal's dad in the first Disgaea game. <laughs> I was going to say, is it by any chance one of the member of Brett Hey, remember when the guy from Feeder killed himself? Yeah. Yeah, he got out of that band. It's the, just he, the way I'm feeling. There's other ways to get out of that band. Um, but anyway, 
Red Dwarf season twelve. Dark, dark way yeah. to take that. Red Dwarf season twelve um, was really really good. I think they followed up season eleven well. They've yeah. both done two really solid, old fashioned feeling Red Dwarf series. Well, you had last year was they were trying. What was it last year? Season eleven. Yeah, they were trying to make it new old. Yeah, it was like and this year they've gone fuck it. Let's make no, it's it the old. same same production. It's I know it's still, same production, yeah. but they've they've sort of they've embraced it. Hmm. They've embraced the old a bit more because I think they were still trying to bring something new to it in the last series. But it was all filmed at the same time. Like the whole oh, thing really? was all done. Yeah, last year in like March or something like that, they filmed it all. Because it feels very different. But, um, it's been a really good series. The series finale, like um, one of my friends was saying, it was a bit pointless because it was basically Rimmer trying to travel to different dimensions to find a dimension where he'll be happy. Yeah. Which is obviously Rimmer can never be happy. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be fair, like when has Red Dwarf ever done a season finale? Like once season eight, wasn't it? They had yeah. the whole um, bit where Death shows up and Rimmer knees him in the balls and they never resolve what happened. Yeah, just runs off to the right. Yeah, he ran off. Exit stage right. And season 10, well, Back to Earth, the C- the mini series, mm-hmm. just basically made out there was another series of Red Dwarf we never saw, which is kind of genius if you want to reset everything. Well, what a terrible series that was. Yeah, Back, mini- Back to Earth wasn't very good. That's awful. Um, that was where they were trying to make it like friggin'. BBC's Red Dwarf yeah. had got. But um, yeah, this series is really solid. There's a lot more episodes set entirely on Red Dwarf, which I always think is the best stuff. Lots of Rimmer and Lister just poking fun at each other. Cat being an idiot. It's classic old formula, but it's like they've, they, there's a, those four characters work so well together. Mm. Brilliant. Um, there was one early episode where they had uh, a whole bunch of Crichtons and androids and stuff, and I was kind of hoping they'd bring back the original Crichton yeah. in it, like as a little reference, nod and a wink. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think he should have been brought up again at some point, because it was weird how they replaced him after one episode and everything. Yeah. Um, like, everyone's looking pretty old now, but they started acknowledging it. Like, it's they allude that it's Lister's 50th birthday in one episode. <laughs> um, technically, he's a lot older than 50, so... Yeah. Shouldn't really worry about he's that too much. Yeah. Well, not just that. I mean, he's been brought back to life, turned into a baby. <laughs> True, yeah. <laughs> it's been, he's gone through a lot, yeah. Lister has. Um, they made a reference to Kachansky, which Aww. hasn't been done for a while. But um, yeah, they're, they're probably never going to bring Kachansky back into it. But um, yeah, they, they keep they keep having rumours that she's going to come back. Yeah, Mahali's in one episode very briefly. He's in the season finale, mm. like super briefly. Um, it does seem a bit weird missing Holly. Like, yeah, but I guess he's just not bothered anymore. I mean, it's weird though. Why would you not turn up and you know? Sit down in a chair with a black jumper on and film your bits. Because <laughs> it's just it's an easy job, isn't it? Maybe you're trying to move away from it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they make nice little references to earlier series. They go and catch Lister's guitar out in space. There's, uh, they sort of update things and sort of mention some of the stuff from the books where it's like the um, sort of how bleak and corporate the future gets when they download the new updates for Red Dwarf's firmware, and it basically makes it so Lister can't see anything that isn't made by the company, which is. Like, as futuristic as that gets, that's I, I think a lot of companies would love that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, they'd love it if it was like, you know, like, you know, they live. Yeah. It was like they live. You could only see what they wanted you to see. Like, you buy a certain brand of glasses and all the adverts that you yeah. see on walls are only the adverts they want you to see. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, really, really fantastically solid series. Like, it feels like the old stuff again. And they're doing more. They have said we'll be back. So they're going to come back. Maybe, maybe Robert Llewellyn could suck in his gut a little bit. So Crichton doesn't look so big. Well, no, just to crit- not to criticise, but Crichton's a robot. <laughs> Why is he getting chubbier? I know. He's been... Maybe he's just emptied his vacuum bag. That's what it is. Ooh. Yeah. Um, 
there's some really nice little effect work in. They definitely keep the money and save it for the episodes when they're going to need the effects. Yeah. Like, um, there's, like, multiple listers in one room in one bit. They did an episode in the last series where there was, like, a whole ton of rimmers and it was really well done motion control cameras going on, tons of rimmers walking around interacting with each other. Nicely done little effects thing going on there. Complex effects. But, yeah, great series. I, I recommend Red, Red Dwarf 12. Red Dwarf 12? Yeah. Um, have more, please. Well, I mean, yeah, they're making more, aren't they? Yeah. How many more are they, are they going to do? That's series 13 next, isn't it? They, do, they should have had a movie. They've always been saying they wanted to do a movie. Like They've never done one. No, fuck it, just do one. Like, if the Inbetweeners can have a movie, Red Dwarf can have a movie. Keith Lemon has a fucking movie. Yeah, it's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah. Alan Partridge deserved the movie, and it was freaking ridiculous that Keith Lemon got a movie before Alan Partridge did. And the Alan Partridge film is fucking brilliant anyway, but, you know. Freaking basically die hard set in a radio station in Norwich. It's brilliant. I kind of liked the Alan Partridge movie. Yeah, I saw it in the cinema. I, was like, I had to Did see you? that. Yeah, Cole, I'm not going to miss a Cole Meany film in the cinema. Was it in? Um, <laughs> was it playing in Viking? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, good old Alfred Papa. It's a classic that film. Yeah. The freaking the radio tour bus at the end, which is like a certain <laughs> bit of nostalgia that people my age probably really remember from the 80s because all yeah. radio stations had a freaking tour bus. They back still then. fucking do it now. Do they? Yeah. God. So I remember going to a tour of one in um, Devon and they had Frank Bruno there and Pat Sharp was presenting and all this stuff. And I got a ride in the 1960s Batmobile. When you said Pat Sharp was hanging about. Pat Sharp still DJs. What? He's got his hair cut nowadays. What? Anyway, um, you review a thing while I think of what the other things are I'm going to review. Okay. I can't think uh, of any films that came out recently that I'm going to talk about. No, nor can I. No. No, there's just not not been enough good movies. Seamless so, edit. My, my ne- <laughs> no one even know we had technical difficulty. Oh, there we go. Game away. Anyway, my my first review this month is uh, this week is going to be for uh, a series that's directed that's um, created by Seth Rogen, well, di- produced by Seth Rogen and Seth uh, Seth, Seth Seth Evans, whatever his name is. No, um, Seth Rogen and Seth Green. No, it's not. It's um. It's the other guy from Fifty Fifty, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. No, not Joseph Gordon-Levitt. The actual guy in real life. So Seth Rogen and Anna Kendrick. No. Anyway, uh, it's produced by Seth Rogen for Hulu online. Um, the same creators, if you don't remember, that did the fantastic um, grotesque or whatever it was, that shitty program in which kids became mutants. Didn't watch it. Even I reviewed it. No, no. No. Okay, well, anyway, Future Man uh, is a comedy series about a man who is tasked with preventing preventing the creation of a cure for every disease in the future because in creating this cure, he creates two classes of humans. You've got the people that want to take the cure and want to be cured of every disease ever and, and live really nicely and be really intelligent. And you've got the people that reject it. They don't want to take the cure. They just want to be able to live their lives as normal people because they don't feel like the cure is necessary to errors live or whatever. Those so, people are stupid. Well, that's not 100% true. Some people are paranoid. Look at the look at the anti-vaxxer crew. Mm. There's a bunch of idiots out there who don't want to vaccinate their kids, causing loads of people to get smallpox and shit like that that's been destroyed for years and yeah, years. Yeah, they're because. idiots. I know they're idiots, but what I'm saying is there might be some intelligence to it. I mean, mm. no? No. No, but surely the government's out to get us, Ant. Gay frogs and water. True. Billy Corgan has made some very strong arguments Billy on made... Infowars. Yeah. Billy Corgan's Which is made... heartbreaking. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't say it's heartbreaking. He, That's like when I found out that friggin' friggin' what's his face? 
What, the, the Scientologist? <laughs> no. no, Beck. Beck, yeah, Beck's yeah, a Scientologist. Yeah, but Beck's allowed to be a Scientologist. The music sounds like it comes from fucking space. Of course he's going to believe in the first religion to follow aliens. True. Yeah. I'm not going to start singing Deborah. Anyway, so, um, in regards to Future Man, it's a funny series. It's a bit like a raunchy version of Back to the Future. <laughs> there's um there's some great Raunchy. cameos in it. Yeah, um, there's some great Matron. cameos in it. In particular, Ed Begley Jr. playing his dad is incredible. Uh, the two leads. Oh yeah, Ed Begley Jr. Yeah, yeah. The two leads. Uh, well, sorry. The the main character is played by Josh Hutchinson, um, and he is fine in the role. He his his character's name is actually Josh. I don't know why. Maybe he's not good at changing his name. Maybe he's not good at. Yeah, that's a up. that's a tactic on a lot of comedy yeah. shows when the actors are drunk. Yeah, uh, but in terms of in terms of the actual the actual content, it's quite violent. It's it, it's often funny. Um, it's actually quite charming, more charming than it really needs to be. Um, and and all in all, I'm really enjoying it. It's got some really weird um, Keith David's in it. Awesome. Keith David plays the creator of the cure that's going to change everyone, and he creates a bad accident because he's trying to create a medicine to destroy herpes. And it turns out the secret to uh, destroying herpes is possum semen um so that's an ongoing joke there's a lot of jokes around the line around the around is it specifically his herpes no 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 everyone's herpes uh, but there's he has herpes though like all of his adverts him pointing to his lip and he's got this massive cold sore uh, but one of the one of the best jokes is around episode four um, it turns out that the bad guys are also sending people back in time but they're just normal people so they go and they get apartments and they just integrate into society and then try and like activate when something goes wrong um and they end up killing two of them, and he goes, "Oh, we we'll just go down to the basement." It's like, and it's like, "All right, so you've got you've got this whole uh, burner, like this furnace down here." I mean, why do you have that? He goes, "Well, it turns out we were using so many possums, <laughs> just so many that uh, well, it just kind of necessitated us getting a burner." It's like, how many possums is there? Enough for us to install a burner? It's <laughs> <laughs> just. Like that, just it's really mm. well well played, and the two uh, the two people that come back from the future, they're both like they're essentially the the dirtier side of Demolition Man. Mm. So you know, like the rat eating, they refer to their mouths as rat holes. Yeah, and they have sex only to release tension. I mean, like um, what's his face? He just basically used to keep ripping off Bill Hicks routines, and then yeah. he does the whole Bill no, Hicks routine. Yeah, Dennis Leary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, twat. But the whole thing, the whole one of the one of the best scenes is um, there's a dinner party in which one of them has to go in, and he goes, he goes. So wait, you want me to go in there, pretend to be happy, and just join in with all the fun? And it's like, yeah, Ugh, I want to stay here and torture that lady, but okay. And he goes down, he starts hitting on people. And you know how like there's always that awkward family gathering mm. where your like, aunt comes and she gets a bit drunk? Um, Maybe. <laughs> I don't know what family gatherings. No. <laughs> but basically, he gets integrated as his family aesthetic, and he, um, and, and well, the other two are torturing this person. Does he learn how to say the word aesthetic? Aesthetic. Yeah. Is it aesthetic? Yeah. I thought it was aesthetic. No. No? No. You sure? Yes. All right. Aesthetic. Let's um, <laughs> join the family. You're pathetic. Pathetic. Um, he has to go and join in. And he ends up he ends up just wowing them. They all love him because he's... And he's there's a scene in which they're all pouring great wine. And he has only recently been introduced to meth. Nice. And so he's, he's drinking wine. He goes, oh, God, this is delicious. Hey... Has anyone got any meth? That stuff is great. And everybody starts laughing. He's like, I know, I still think about it. Like everybody's just sort of like, oh, charming guy. But I, I think it's really worth your time. I don't know when it's going to actually officially be released on UK TV. Because I had to do the whole Hulu, Mom, Netflix in the year. 
probably. <laughs> uh, but I recommend anyone who gets a chance to watch it, watch it, because I don't know if we've got anyone listening in America. We might do. Um, jump on it. Future Man. It's really, really fun. Really mm-hmm. fun. I give it a Linda Cardellini. You know, she pops up in a lot of places. And I would say 90% of her output is good. And then 10% is Daddy's Home and Daddy's Home too. Yeah, that's that film with the um, racists in it. She was in Gravity Falls. She gets a pass. Yeah, fair enough. Those two racists. Yeah. You mean Mel Gibson and uh, John Lithgow. Mark Wolf. John Lithgow. I want to quickly, for one moment, can we have a John Lithgow corner? Can I just get a picture uh, of his uh, John face? John Lithgow appreciation? Yeah. We'll just right. get his face appearing and it'll spin like, you know, like the... On the audio podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine right now, guys, you've got a picture of just John Lithgow smiling at you and it's spinning and it's coming towards like an old... Yeah, just stick a picture of him to a drill. Yeah. Spin it around in front of your face. And then bring it to your face. John Lithgow. So... Raising Kane, classic. Well, I recently rewatched Harry and the Hendersons. Classic. And I thought, what a great film. You know what would be a great companion to this? Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Mm. John Lithgow in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes has one of the most heartbreaking arcs of any character. Yeah, he's got that hilarious scene where he's trying to move, drive his car out the yep, way. trying to drive his car out the <laughs> it's way. hilarious. Tragically unable to operate a vehicle because his mind is so befuddled. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the incredibly sad moment where he's trying to play piano. Caesar comes along and tries to help him play piano. Oh. I genuinely, I feel a little twinge of emotion every in time. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Huh? It's in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Is it Rise of the Planet of the Apes? Yeah, Dawn's the second one. And then War is the third one. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, well, it rose, and then there was a dawn. And then so, wait, no, but it there was a dawn, war. and then you'd rise. Rise was the first it... one with James Franco. That doesn't make any fucking yeah, sense. Yeah, well, I say first one, the, like, technically seventh Planet of the Apes yeah. film. They didn't really think that trilogy out, did they? No. And then War of the Planet of the Apes, which is pretty awful. War of the Apes is great, apparently. Did you? Did you no, I've seen it. It's not says, great. Uh, apparently it's great. I didn't like it very much, but that's because I hate... I absolutely hate trilogies. Oh, right. Ever since Godfather 3. Yeah, yeah. Just hate trilogies. Hate trilogies. Uh, Godfather 3 is a good film. Uh, What? Yeah, it's a good film. No, it's not. It is a good film. It's just that it's Godfather 3. It follows Godfather 1 and 2. It is a mediocre film. It's a good film. It's not a good film. It is. I'm going to rewatch Godfather 3 and review it next time. It is not good. Blade 3. If you had said that, I would have completely defended your argument. Ah, God. That film in which Wesley Snipes stayed in his trailer the whole time they were shooting, smoking tons of weed, and you can definitely tell during that. I liked all the scenes where all he does is nod because he didn't want to interact with any of the actors. <laughs> he um, run, right? They had to get Ryan Reynolds to say all his lines and stuff. Pat Oswalt was terrible. Ter- not terrible, terrified of them. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Snipes. Your review. Oh, shit. What am I going to review? Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon. Oh, um, fighting evil by moonlight, doing something by daylight, yep. never running from a real fight. She's the one called Sailor Moon. <laughs> I can remember the Sailor Moon theme tune, and I haven't watched that show since about 1997. Anyway, do you know what I didn't review last time that I meant to review? Yeah. What was it then? You said yeah. like Stranger Things too. No, because we reviewed... Jesus Christ. What is it then? Mr. Biffo's found footage. Oh. It finished just before the last episode we recorded, but I forgot yeah. to review it because I'm an idiot. Okay, go. So, Mr. Biffo's found footage was a Kickstarter-funded mini-series of weird sci-fi collected footage strangeness that Get he did. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> 
So he like last about a year and a half ago, he did like a little one-off found footage video, brought us to introduced us to the character Goo John John, who's a legend, um, played by friggin' um, voiceover Pete, who's a guy on Fiverr, and he's a he's a master of his art. Yeah, screen's gone blank again. Just keep going. Just keep recording. Cause oh. It's still there. But anyway, he um, friggin' yeah, it's good. Anyway, so, <laughs> so the series is like a whole. Friggin' thing! It's like a whole bunch of weird adverts and nostalgia yeah. stuff and clips. Do you know what it is? To, yeah, I fucking, I've got a screensaver. I just realised. Just yeah, realised. Keep going. Hell. Just fucking keep going. Uh, I'm gonna have to switch that off. No, <laughs> don't do it now. No, don't do it now. I'm don't not. Get I'm just wobbling it so it doesn't focus up. Focus up. Jesus Christ! But anyway, so the whole thing is like. It's supposed to be in the format of a bunch of VHS tapes that he found at a car boot sale with weird TV shows and stuff that he, no one remembers. It's like yeah. they come from another dimension. Yeah. Um, because they do. The whole show is like littered with these tiny little threads here and there that hint at something greater going on outside of, you know, what's what you see presented. Like you see an advert for a weird chicken goujons or you see an advert for somewhere selling a tea prancer who will come and deliver tea to you um, or Gee Lord's Gee Mart. Where he's like freaking all flexing with his dick poking out the top of his thong, um, and towards the end of the series, it gets a lot more heavier with the weird conspiracy theory stuff. What's happening? Yeah. And then to end it, he ended it with like a full, like a, like a little mini movie which starred um, Violet Berlin and Nam Rude. Um, do you remember Nam Rude from Bad Influence? No. The one who was always giving the chips and teats out, giving the tips and cheats. Who was all like calling people slimy fatlers. And stuff like that. It was awesome. But yeah. Um, yeah, Andy Weir is the guy, the actor, played him. But um, yeah, it was like a little mini movie where a bunch of Marines were being sent in to try and contain a big problem at the Xenox building that had gone down some terrorists and attacked it and stuff like that. And there's these creatures come out with bums for faces because it's Mr. Biffo. There's going to be bums involved somewhere. Bums are funny. Are they? Yeah, they're all slimy and stuff and they're trying to force feed people goujons. I don't think I've ever read a slimy arse. You love a slimy arse. I mean, yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, the whole the whole show, like all the little hints and drop drop things, I think might go over the head of a lot of people. They might not piece it all together as they're going along, yeah, because it's it's smartly done. Um, like it'll be really odd little things, like you'll see someone on an operating table in a weird bit of footage that's clipping between two scenes, and he's like glowing light coming from his face, and he's got Goujons in his hands, yeah, um, and it's a whole thing with Goujon John being possibly some sort of AI program that rebelled against Xenox and the whole the whole idea is Xenox basically took over one world with their business and became the only corporation. Um, they made food obsolete by basically making people lay eggs that they could then eat. <laughs> Weird stuff. Like there's a constant running thread of people laying eggs and then eating them and you wonder what it's all about, but that's that's the thing. Um, spoilers. <laughs> But the idea was they were going to open dimensional portals and go to other worlds. And their way of infiltrating other worlds was to send videos through and television to the other worlds to get people accustomed to their ways before they come through and fully take over the world with their business. So instead of these being like seeds, these are actually more like screens. Yeah, well, they're, they're not they're like they are propaganda in their way through people's. So you can't actually enter into a planet. They do. They make it a portal and they literally oh, go so to another seeds. dimension. So they're seeds. So like they're yeah. dropping seeds. As soon as enough people understand and see it, that opens up the portal. But it's opening it up so that when they do come through and take over the other world with their corporate plans, there's a guy called Brannigan Seven is the leader of them. Captain Brannigan. Who you ever see is like a plastic head. 
<laughs> oh. He looks like he's just basically like a plastic head with a bad wig. Looks like imagine Ken Dog mixed with Hitler. <laughs> so so like, what you're saying is he's like who is that dude who used to be on TV? Max Headroom. Max Headroom. No, no, no. Max Headroom's real. Gujon John's more like Max Headroom. Okay. In terms of who they are. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's really just is it free to weird. watch? Yeah, it's all on YouTube. Cool. And it's fucking weird. And the thing was, it's like, he, originally when he did the Kickstarter, he was like asking for some money for it and it was going to be a bunch, a couple of short 10 minute things mm. and ended up making like, God, like six half an hour long, 20 minutes to half an hour long episodes yeah. with like full blown TV production on some of it. There's like a, there's a segment in one episode where it's like a lost TV show called Manorak, a man whose special power is that he can turn into an anorak. Because it's man, Manorak. Ah. <laughs> this he just turns into an anorak. And he comes up against someone he can turn into a paper, a plastic bag. And there's a fight sequence with an anorak and a plastic bag. Um, nice. And the guy runs off in a boat and he's like shooting at him from the pier and it goes up for like two minutes of him just shooting a bullet, <laughs> shooting the gun. Um, Larry Bundy appears in it, Ashens appears in it, like a whole bunch of random YouTubers, like, you know. Sounds like they got hold of my copy, the yeah. copy of my uh, my script for Manimal that will never get made. <laughs> um, Ian Lee's in it. Do you remember Ian Lee? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he looks a bit different nowadays. He's still got a weird subversive sense of humour. He looks different. Yeah, what, he's got a big old beard and stuff, stuff. isn't he? He's not, not as skinny now as he used to be. No. Ian Lee um, took over. For not to w- criticise, he could be a bit chubby if he wants to be. Ian Lee took over for the Big Breakfast with a strange teen-aimed Channel Four breakfast show. Do you remember? Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. didn't last long. Yeah, no, it did. That lasted years. Did it? Yeah, like a few years. Did it? Yeah. Uh, yeah I remember Big Ian Breakfast because Davina McCall was not Davina McCall. Denise Van Elton was. Mm. Yeah, mm. good old Denise Van Elton. Then she'd spoken a Essex accent came through. You're going to look at pictures of Denise Van Allen. No, I'm going to look at pictures of Ian Lee. Yeah. Fuck Denise Van Allen. He does radio show, doesn't he? He's on, yeah. he's on the radio. He did an amazing documentary about Tetris years ago called really? From Russia With Love. Um, Gabe Nestorian's releasing a documentary about Tetris in a oh, few yeah, weeks. he does look a bit bigger. Yeah, he looks different, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. How old is he? Oh, God, he's got to be in his mid-late 40s now, isn't he? Jesus. Yeah. But, um, 1973? Yeah. Really? Yeah. When he was born. Yeah, well, he's lev- he's nine 40. years older than me. <laughs> anyway, Forty-four, sorry. yeah, but um, yeah, Mister Biffo's found footage is weird. It's not for everyone. Like, I think if you if a lot of people have compared it to Tim and Eric's stuff, but it's a bit sort of more hard going than Tim and Eric's stuff because Tim and Eric's stuff is like it's weird, but there is like a really obvious joke there a lot of the time. Like Tim and Eric's stuff does often hinge on jokes, even though it's weird stuff. But this is more like it's a bit more unnerving and it tries to make you laugh by like messing with your brain a little bit and making you feel uncomfortable. Almost it's that like sort jam. of awkward yeah. It's like jam. Yeah, a bit more like that. Um like the brown the brown mirror section will probably make some people <laughs> gag. Um but yeah, it's a fantastic little series. Like it's got some slow parts. I think one of the episodes, I think it was episode four, maybe I thought went a bit slower than because it was more longer sort of sketches rather than lots of short ones because um, you know if you have a longer sketch you kind of want to sandwich a couple of shorter ones in between to keep momentum up so it doesn't feel like you're on a long thing because that's the thing with sketch shows the reason Fast Show worked so well is because it was banging through same clips was, really quickly Jam. yeah but Jam was more longer sketches no it wasn't Jam was short sketches they were only over like a minute there were some that were going on for quite a while. Oh, yeah, some that were going on for quite a while, but like it was yeah, mostly Mr. That. Lizard. Yeah. Um, but they, there's always little ones in between stuff I like that. I fucking love the one where the guy goes into the goes into the um, goes into the corner shop with a gun. Mm. He goes, "I'll take twenty B and H silver and uh, and this chewing gum." Mm. Yeah, you know, it's like 
oh, okay. He goes, he goes, uh, here's, here's 20. And the guy's like looking at him and then looking at the gun. He goes, he goes, oh, he goes, my change. Like that. And the, guy, <laughs> and the guy's like panicking, giving him his change. And he suddenly stops and he goes, you know, you don't have to pay. And he goes, oh, what do you mean I don't have to pay? He goes, well, because of the gun. And he starts smiling and he looks at the gun. He's like, oh, <laughs> he's like jogging down the road. And he's got his gun and his cigarettes. And he keeps looking back between the two. And he's like, oh, I've, I've worked out the secret. And then he gets arrested. I like the one with the, um, where there's a guy telling a story about the kid who keeps jumping off the first floor of his um, flat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he's not sure if he wants to commit suicide yeah. or not. He's, he could either <laughs> jump from the top of a 20-story building or yeah. he could jump from the first story 20 times. Yeah, make his mind up as he goes. Yeah. And like, yeah. if he decided he didn't want to really do it. And then it was the weirdest thing. Because halfway through, he was really struggling to get back up. Yeah, he just so stopped someone moving. started helping him up the stairs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Classic. Oh fuck, Jam was awesome. Yeah, Jam. Oh, the 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 fucking were they were trying to negotiate the house, the price of the house? No, the plumber. The plumber. They order the plumber. It's like my baby stopped breathing. Yeah, the plumber to come Yeah, brought back to life. Um, yeah, Mr. Biffo's found footage. It's dark. It's weird. It's creepy. It's got conspiracy weirdness. Ends in a spectacular fashion because they literally filmed it in like two days. The little season finale. They filmed it at um friggin' Draco Power. Look, I don't think it was at the power station. It's at the bit that's underneath it. Drake Lowe Power Station oh, yeah, in the Midlands. Yeah, yeah. Um, we used to live near that. I'm pretty sure it was Drake Lowe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they turned it out and they made this little short film at the end and now he's contemplating. He wants to do another, like... Because the Series. short film's called The Trojan Ass Protocol. Yeah. Um, he wants to do like a proper film of that, but he's also contemplating a um, like an anthology series. Well, that's what it essentially series. is, isn't it? Yeah, but this is, it's like a sketch show, this sort of thing, because each one's... It's different stuff mixed around. It will leap yeah. between different episodes. But I think he wants to do like a... Um, Biffo Why? wants to do like contained stories. Now's the time to do it, isn't it? Because yeah. they bring back Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, stuff like that, yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's all free. Yeah, that's always good it's news. It's cool. And, you know, I loved it. I thought it was freaking funny and weird. Yeah. And there's amazing songs on it as well. Like the freaking Clive Sinclair song that I keep playing. <laughs> there's a song about Elon Musk asking what he smells like. <laughs> nice probably um, like Amber Heard and Tears right now because they split up <laughs> don't laugh that's a man's heart you're laughing Amber at Amber Heard what we need on Musk yeah they were together for like a few months he was uh, in love with her uh, um, well she's like this older man doesn't she yeah which is why I'll never have a chance uh, you'll that, be older one day than the fact she's fucking spectacularly beautiful yeah. um, okay alright well I'm already with the woman I love so until she dumps me and I you're married to the rhythm yeah yeah it's a rhythm of the night Whoa, whoa. We'll have to keep moving this mouse every now and again to make sure it doesn't screen save again. It's rhythm of the night. Um, okay, so my first review, my first computer game review. <sighs> ah! So if you know me, there's one thing you'll know about me, and that is I love, I just love going and watching Glory Hole videos. That's why there is a particular video game that really just, it really lends itself well to my particular love, and that is Sniper Elite 4. Oh. Because you're constantly looking through that hole. That's not what Glory Hole is. No, but Sniper Elite 4, you're constantly looking through the hole, and you shoot. People's dicks. You shoot your load. Yeah. That's exactly... Through the hole. What you do is you run around... This is going to be a repeat of the whole freaking cream pie incident again, isn't it? Someone sees you, and then you stick your eye up to that hole, and you go... Mm. Got it. And in slow motion, it shows him taking the load. 
So Sniper Elite 4 is a continuation of the Sniper Elite series in which you play an extremely well endowed sniper in the US military going through several convert covert covert missions involving the rise of the Nazis and turning the tide of war using your extremely cowardly method of murdering yes. people. Mostly spy tactics, really, and guerrilla warfare. Yeah, cowards sitting miles away. So anyway, uh, I really like these games. Uh, they appeal to me, as I said, I like peeking through holes and blowing my load. Mm-hmm. But also I like the gore. I like the gore and I like aiming for people's testicles. Yeah, it's a money shot right there. Um, all in all, this, is, uh, this isn't this is as good as Sniper Elite 3, which is a sad, sad fact. It's Sniper Elite 4, the more open one. No, less open, turns mm-hmm. out. Yeah, Sniper mm. Elite 3 had big open levels and they were designed so that you could sort of approach things in different ways. Which was the shit sniper game? Sniper. Ghost oh, Warrior. Sniper Ghost Warrior 3. Yeah. 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 The one that had to include a season pass instead of just saying free DLC with every every copy. <laughs> um, so, But the, the problem is that this is meant to be more open and the, it doesn't really lend itself well to that. Mm. It's got a linear structure, so a non linear level. So I've got the second one, I'm bad at it. The second one's really good. I really like the second one. Uh, but this is more open, as you said. But that just means that your approach, it it doesn't it doesn't mean you expand your repertoire. You're still just a sniper. You still have mines and explosives and stuff like that. Yeah. And you can still do fun little things like like you can get bodies and you can booby trap bobby, bo- bobbies. Bodies, so that if someone sees a body and they run over to it, they're like, oh, God, is he still alive? No, he's exploding. Yeah. Because um, I think they wanted to try and make it like a hitman of a sniper game, yeah. like where you could approach the target. And I think that could really work. But what they would need to do is make it one big level. Yeah. If it's going to be sniper anyway. I wonder if you could play for Metal Gear Solid Five entirely sniping stuff until you need to. Probably. Yeah. I don't know if you could snipe that Metal Gear Ray, but you could give it a try. <laughs> was it Metal Gear Ray? What was it called? Metal Gear something. I so know. I give this. Uh, I give this a. I give this a oh God. What am I getting? John Cho. Oh, him from Howard and Kumar. And flash forward. And Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Oh yeah. And he is in so much, and you can't name another thing he's in. Was he ever in Scrubs? I bet he was in Scrubs once. He was in Scrubs. <laughs> yeah. He was also in House. Oh, yeah, cause in house, he no, played... Kumar was in house. No, he was also in house. Was he it? was in house before Kumar. Would you oh. like to know the episode? Of... I don't know why I remember every episode of House. Was it the episode where House was really moody about no, something? No. Okay. So he he was uh, turned on by pain, and his dominatrix brought dominatrix brought him in because he had a fit. Yeah. All right. So through the whole episode, they're like, "Oh God, maybe he's epileptic. Maybe he's got lupus. Maybe he's got this. Maybe he's got that." No, it turns out that he very much enjoyed Tic Tacs. And he had been eating Tic Tacs and they caused an infection in the mm. back of his mouth. Right. But it wasn't, an, an, like, it didn't infect the tooth. The tooth, it was just the below the tooth where it had been lodged. So the infection had spread to his blood called sepsis. That's why he was sick. But uh. they couldn't detect sepsis because the infection hadn't spread yet. But because it was so close to his brain and it was affecting the blood flow to his brain, it meant that he had a seizure. Oh. Yeah. That house, eh? 100% medically accurate, like the human centipede. Yeah. I have seen every episode of House, and I used to really be into House, and then the last season made me hate House. Much like Dexter, I really liked two seasons of Dexter, and then every other episode of Dexter made me hate Dexter. Oh, come on. You name a good Dexter episode. Dexter up to season four. Season four is great. 
like season four is the end of the good stuff. Surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> That's season two. I know season two was bad. Season two is great. Season two was bad. Outrageous. Season two was bad. Season three was bad. Season four was season four was a Trinity killer, so it's fantastic. Season five, Deborah fell in love with her brother. No, that's season six. No, season five is the one with uh, Julia Stiles yeah. in it. Yeah, with the that was girls in the barrels. Awful. That was alright. And then season six was when Colin Deborah Hanks. found out that she her brother was a murderer, and then season seven she was in love with him. Yeah. And then season eight she was a cocaine addict. Yeah. And then she died, and yeah. then he became a lumberjack. Yeah. And that stopped his that's murdery okay. instinct. <laughs> Somehow becoming murdering trees was all he no, needed no, to see, do. The last season was basically they just kept doing a regular series, and yeah. then one episode from the end, they're like, "Oh shit, we're meant to be ending this." Yeah, fuck. There's been a storm. Deborah's dead, and now I'm a lumberjack. And then Max from Life in Strange turns up, and oh, she rewinds time. Lumberjack, do you know how they originally wanted to end it? How? Um, with like it turning out the whole thing was him remembering his life as he's about to be killed on the electric chair. Oh, that's that going to end. It? Yeah, it um, was going to. It's going to basically like cut back to everyone staring at him. So you can tell that they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Mm. And your review. Oh, shit. Mm. Wait, hang on. What are you doing? What was my other thing? What's been on telly? Red Dwarf. I've already reviewed Red Dwarf. Oh, well, I remember now because there's NXT last night. <laughs> oh, yeah. How's wrestling? I did some wrestling. How's wrestling? N- NXT War Games was last night. Great. Okay. Significant. Yeah. Because despite what the WWE said... They said it was the first time there's been a War Games match in 20 years. There was a War Games match. It wasn't. It was the first time there's been a War Games match in 17 years. The last one was in 2000 in WCW. Okay, so the whole pay-per-view, they built up because they were going to do a War Games match. Yeah. War Games is a fucking stupid concept for a match that started in NWA, went through WCW, invented by Dusty Rhodes. Um, there's been like 30... This was the 32nd one. I went looking up online because I thought there'd only ever been about like five or six of them. Yeah. Because it's you know, quite a silly match. You wouldn't do it too often. There was a time in 1998 where they did like nine War Games match in a month in NWA. <laughs> Legion of Doom were in all of them. Um, but so the concept of War Games as a match, you have two rings side by side, like pushed up next to each other. Like yeah. you're putting two single beds together to make a double bed. Making <gasps> bunk beds so you got more room for activities. Yeah. Oh. And then they put a cage all the way around it, like a double wide cage. Yeah. Right? Normally in a War Games match, there's a roof on the cage. They didn't put a roof on this one because, like, when you have a low cage and you have a roof on it, you can't do much off the top rope. Like, no. if someone dives, their head's going to bash into it. Yeah. And considering the last time they did this was, like, really frequently was the late 90s and, like, doing big moves off the top rope wasn't as common back then. You know, and especially seen in NWA in the 80s, the, you know, <gasps> Dusty Rhodes. Compton. Dusty Rhodes was never going to do a moonsault off the top turnbuckle or anything like that. Straight so. over Compton. Yeah. But the concept is, three teams compete. Three teams are free. And they cobbled together three teams quickly in the build-up to this because they needed to. Um, one member from each team starts in the ring. Mm-hmm. Rings. Two rings. I don't know. Why Why do they want to do two rings? Why not one ring? But whatever. More room, I guess. Um, More room for activities. Yeah. Um so there's three of them in the ring. After five minutes, both members of one of the one of their one of the teams gets let of the other you know the other members of yeah. the three three pair on each team. It's complicated rules. They all get let into the ring. So at that point, there's three members on one team and two individual guys. Then three minutes later, two more of the the other two one two members from the other team get sent in, and then you know the last two members get sent in another three minutes. And when all nine men have got in the ring. That's when the match can officially start. That's when it's time to set. That's when they can start pinfalls and submissions and all that sort of stuff. I think it's just pinfall only, actually. If anyone tries to escape the cage and they get out, their team is forfeited from the match. 
Um, How much penetrative sex is there in the WWE nowadays? Quite a lot. How much non-penetrative sex? Those videos went around a while ago. I saw those. Anyway, you don't talk about seeing those things, man. No, but I, I did. They were on porn websites. Oh, dear. Anyway. Look, when you put it on shuffle and it just starts playing whatever it wants to play, so much you can do Disgusting. to stop seeing that stuff. Anyway, that War Games match. So much gay porn. As soon as the last guy's got let in the ring. I mean, I know I like it, but... Yeah. So the last oh. guys got let in the ring. They basically just grabbed every weapon they could from under the ring, brought them all in, and the match went stupid for the next 30 minutes. It How was much fantastic. rubber was there flying around the room? No rubber. They used steel chairs and frigging the trash can things that collapse really easy because they're made of aluminium. Why are you winking when you say steel and chairs? Steel chairs. Steel. Kendo sticks, tables. Steel. They brought tables in. Kendo. Steel chains. Stop winking when you say stuff. Just say yeah. it. And they basically, for the last, like, frigging... Um, 40 minutes, the match went on for a while. Yeah. But it was just basically 30 minutes of people being smashed through things and twatted on the head with hard objects. And Did someone go, this is just silly now, and walk off? No, no, they just carried on. They just kept getting knocked all over the place. Alexander Wolf, Wolf, um, <laughs> Alexander Wolf, Wolf. Um, might be Wolf, he's German, I think. Ah. Um, he got powerbomb, he's like got suplexed through like a set of tables. And you know, like wooden tables have those rubber strips around the edge? Yeah. Um, this has happened before in WWE, so I don't know why they still leave him on there. One of them sliced the back of his head open, and there's just blood pissing everywhere. So they stopped using one of the rings for the last like 15 minutes of the match. Um, every now and again, the camera would catch a bit of it, and there's like a massive pool of blood where his head was. It, they stitched him up. He had like you could see every now and again he was lent up against the cage, and some medics were like gluing the wound shut and cleaning it from through the gaps in the cage. Um, he eventually came back into it and he did his last few bits and he was lying down at the end and you could see like a pool of blood forming under his arm. It's <laughs> just pouring out his head. Um, people were diving off the top of the road. It just basically it went stupid for the last 20 minutes. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's just the dumbest, dumbest match imaginable. I can't even remember who won. I think it might have been Adam Cole's team, possibly. Yeah. Um, he dived off the top of the cage and landed on like seven of the guys. <laughs> it was like, there was like a bit where they had, where the two rings meet. There's two massive great big guys in the game, in the match, called Authors of Pain. They've yeah. got stupid names. Um, Acom, They don't sound like good names, I'm going to be honest. Author of Pain. They're huge. They're in the turnbuckle, lent up against it. Three yeah. guys are climbing up on them and punching them. So there's like three on each of them. Yeah. And they powerbomb all three guys down to the floor <laughs> at the same time. While Adam Cole sat between the two turnbuckles, like watching it happen between them. And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> Um, that's the sort of level of stupidity the match had, and it was fantastic. It was like the it dumbest does sound thing. Good. It sounds entertaining. Yeah, and it, it was fun. Um, the rest of the event, they had um, like there's a women's fatal four way match, which um, was quite cool because oh, into a four way. Um, they were putting the new women's champion because Asuka's left NXT, gone to Raw. She's been moved over, so she forfeited the title rather than losing the match. She was undefeated the whole time she was in. NXT. I don't know what any of this means, cool. but I'm loving the energy. Um, they've replaced her with a new Japanese wrestler called Kari Sane. Um, Kari Sane is brilliant. It, is um, Kari Sane insane? Possibly. Her, in in a Japanese wrestling name that everyone knew was Kari Hojo, but she's better known as the Pirate Princess. She's literally anime in human form. Sounds sexy. She walks to the ring wearing like a pirate robe. Like imagine a dressing gown pirate style. Yeah. And she carries her like pirates friggin um, you know steering wheel on a boat. Yeah, that thing. She carries one of them with her and oh. spins it around and stuff. Wears a pirate hat. She's got pirate music when she comes to the ring. So it's like a hula hoop. Yeah, like a freaking Japanese girl wearing anime pirate gear. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Um, that was a great. decent match. Um, there's a wrestler they had. There's a wrestler they've had for a while called Alistair Black, who's like the sort of goth, you know, 
like he's a bit dark and demony, covered in tattoos. He, he literally rises out the ground like Vincent Price coming out of a coffin when he has his entrance. That's cool. To death metal music. He had a match against a guy called the Velveteen Dream, who he's new in NXT. He's he's a fairly young wrestler, and he's like people didn't really give a shit about him for ages, but someone obviously trusts him a bit. And imagine like you know Rudy in Fifth Element. Yeah. Imagine him with less leopard print and doesn't scream all the time. You mean Rudy Rudy Reigns? Yeah. And he's like my favorite just, character in Fifth Element. Basically, Velveteen and you're Dream he screams too much. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, but Velveteen Dream's like large and life, cartoony, quite flamboyant character. Yeah. He his wrestling gear in the match was like these airbrushed tights that had a picture of his and Alistair Black's face Fuck me, on it, sexy with "Say My Name" written on it. Because his whole thing was he wanted Alistair Black to say his name and acknowledge him. He's a new guy. You got to respect him. You kept beating him down and stuff. No, you like, can't do that because if you yeah. say their name, you give them power. That's what mm. I learned when I watched Night Around the Elm Street. But um, they had like possibly the best match of the night. It was incredible. But like they took a guy who's fairly well established with Alistair Black, and this guy that no one gives a shit about, Velveteen Dream, and they had an incredible match with like really crazy moves, really fun spots. There was a bit where Alistair Black's like trying to get into his head and he goes to do a dive to the outside of the ring. Instead of diving, he just rolls back and sits down in the ring <laughs> and waits while um, friggin' Velveteen Dream reacts to all that. Say um, my name, say my name. He does no say his name in the end after the match. When Velveteen Dream's you. lying out on the floor, he's just like, I guess you're infamous now, Velveteen Dream. You ain't so running got games. what he wanted in the end. Um, say my name, say yeah, my they're, name. They're pulling out some crazy, really inventive, weird moves that I've never seen. Like a... A DDT with his arm hooked around backwards, and then he like, like spikes him head first into the mat. Awesome, and not in a nice DDT way like normal, where it's kind of more of a roll. Like, imagine if you got someone completely upright. Yeah, like you'd stuck him upright and then just dropped him straight on the head. That would hurt, and that's how he took the DDT. Isn't that how people wrestle? Yeah, yeah, he always just aimed for the head, drop him on the head. Yeah, aimed, uh, aimed to drop him on the like what? Chris Benoit did to Sabu. Like, I also meant to kill the enemy. Yeah, you got to kill him, but um. Yeah, was about to the death. There were some other matches, but I can't remember what they are. Um, oh. I think there might have been a new champion crowned. Probably. Possibly. But What day is it? What, what day was it? It actually happened? Last night. So, yeah, there was a new champion. Possibly, yeah. It was... Um, Jay Leno. Andrande Cian Almas. That was it. Or as, or as everybody else knows him, Jay Leno. Drew, Drew, beat Drew McIntyre. That was it. Yeah. Um, Jay Leno yeah. did really well for his age. I'd say... Um, he probably will have, take it next year. Yeah, that event... Friggin' two and a half hours long. I had at least three really fun matches on it. One that fight finale was ridiculous. Well worth watching if you want to see people getting smashed about. Um, good event, Survivor Series tonight. So I guess I'll talk about that next time. Say my name, say my name. Survivor Series is going to have Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles, which is a match like. I don't know who either of those people are. You know who Brock Lesnar is. Who? You know who Brock Lesnar is. Who's Brock Lesnar? UFC fighter. Oh, you mean Breck Lusner? Yeah, yeah. That's the it, Dutch yeah, guy? Yeah. yeah, Dutch guy. Yeah, very, very blonde. Yeah, he's got like a weird... Ubermensch. Yeah. Yeah, versus yeah. AJ Styles. He's not too keen on the gay community, apparently. AJ Styles. Um, yeah. That's that's tonight. I'm going to watch that. He sounds like the kind of guy who'd be into gay sex. Possibly. He's Christian. Who knows? Yeah, he's definitely into gay sex. Yeah. Anyway. He's repressed. You review something, you turd. Oh, you remember my nickname? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so my next review this week is going to be uh, Breath of the Wild for the Switch. Oh, that old game. That old game. That old game. So this is part two of my Switch reviews. Matt's switching it up. 
So I previously reviewed Breath of the World for the Wii U. Shut up. I previously reviewed Breath of the World for the Wii U, and I had a great time cooking, adventuring, just generally having a having a good time out in the wild. Not right? completing the game. Not completing the game, but I had, I had a lot of fun yeah. not completing the game. <laughs> um, and now I'm playing it again on the Switch. Yeah. So what's the difference? Well, not much. It looks a lot better on my TV. Yeah. That's good news. Uh, and uh, it's nice just to be able to wander around and it not turn off when I get too far away from the console. Yeah. Because I didn't tell you about my adventures in trying to take the Wii U around the house. So there was a day when I was Your trying... Your signal doesn't go that far. I know. It doesn't even go to the fucking toilet. And it's yeah, right I know, that, I know that. That's why I went and got a Switch as soon as I could. <laughs> I tried... I tried taking the Wii U gamepad into the toilet so I could... Yeah, I left the doors open and all sorts. Like, yeah, it, didn't, it's it just not did not work. All right, so yeah. now I've got a It's switch. only got to go, like, what, fifth, 12 foot? Yeah, I know, but as soon as it hits that wall, it doesn't want yeah. to go for it. Uh, but now on the Switch, I can take a shit and go anywhere I want in Hyrule. Yeah. Spoilers, it's yeah. Hyrule. But, uh, yeah, I had a great Jarl. time. I was taking a shit, trying to free the first, first uh, beastie. Yeah. I was taking a shit, doing some jun- dungeons. Nice. Taking a shit, killed a lizard man. And then I played some Zelda. Nice. So, all in all, thumbs up. Or as I like yeah. to say... Just won a Game of the Year award, didn't it? Um, Did was it? it the GM, the, whatever the UK Game Awards are. Oh, what? And um, they had IGN Norma, you know, the guy who directed it. Yeah. And he said in his award, he said, I'm quite thankful that Mario Odyssey was only released a week before the voting ended on this. <laughs> <laughs> so he oh, liked to thank Shigeru humble, Miyamoto for not releasing the game What sooner. a humble, awesome guy. Yeah. All right, yeah. But um, all in all, I highly recommend it if you've got a Switch. If you've got a Wii U, still recommend it, but just a little bit less. I would really like the Wii U version to jump up in price on Collector's Market, please. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to be doing that. Well, the Switch version, oddly enough, has. Mm. Switch version's worth like 60 quid. Yeah, well, there's, there's probably. I think apparently the Wii U version did sell a ton. Like, yeah. Apparently, practically everyone who's got a Wii U has a copy. All 12 of us. Yeah, all 12 people. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, I'm going to stick to my original review score. I gave it an, e, uh, an Ian Watkins. Uh, no, sorry, Tom Atkins. Um, and it's it's fantastic. It's a really yeah. good time. I'll get it again when they release, like, because they're bound to do a. A special edition eventually. Well, Nintendo do I got, that. Because I got my Switch and I got Mario Kart and I got Zelda and I got it all for £280 hmm. or 270 with some change for delivery. Yeah. I'm quite happy that I didn't have to buy it again because it was something that I was tempted to do hmm. but it was going to be like on the back end of my list. But now because I got it included with that package, I've been able to buy yeah, Ultra Street. Yeah. <laughs> I've been able to buy Ultra Street Fighter 2 yeah. and Binding of Isaac Afterbirth Plus, which are two of the games I wanted. And now I've also got Discard 5. So I, 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 I want them to release a friggin', um, friggin' Trauma Center game on the on the Switch. I want to sit on the toilet while, like... They uh, really aren't using that touchscreen. No. There's I a mean, couple of games that are touchscreen only. Not many. What games? Yeah, there's a couple of in-download games only. But oh, there's, not, right. there's not many. Um, I think Nintendo, and I saw a puzzle game that works best with touchscreen. I think Nintendo don't want people using it because I think they yeah. realise that it'll scratch. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> fuck it up. I've got a screen protector on mine. Yeah, I've got a screen protector on mine. Yeah. But you remember, like, I didn't want to say anything when I had my Wii U, but, like, <clears throat> I tried to look after my Wii U. I had a screen protector on my Wii U. Oh, I had to get mine replaced, didn't I? I had to pay 80 something yeah. quid to get the um, controller replaced. My screen got fucked up. Yeah, because that control that screen was shit. It's it fucking scratched so easy. It's because it was a membrane screen, wasn't yeah. it? For the touch. No, no, it wasn't. It, was, it, was it like, wasn't. It's capacitive. Yeah, so it's, you have to apply pressure. Yeah, that's the thing. And my one got a tiny little dent somewhere on it, and it basically fucked it. Yeah, I don't even know how it happened because it just sits there collecting but yeah, dust. Yeah, we couldn't even we couldn't even get it working with a pro controller, could we? No. As long as the gamepad wasn't working, it wouldn't do anything. Yeah. 
Uh, but anyway, yeah. So uh, it gets a Tom Atkins. It's uh, it's a great game. I highly recommend it. Game of the year. Yeah, yeah. Because game of the year for me this year, I've like been the Zelda Persona Five and Yakuza Zero, and I think they're all freaking fantastic. And I'm loving that there's three Japanese games this year that I loved. Um, and I still haven't played freaking Mario Odyssey yet. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is out. Freaking. I've pre-ordered that. Yeah, it's out in a couple of days, isn't it? Because I spent it? hours playing the first Xenoblade yeah. Chronicles on the Wii U. It's just that no one fucking like, was in there. Japanese games are back, man. Well, the problem with Xenoblade Chronicles 1 is I got on the Wii U. I waited for it to go down to 25 quid. But you had Xenoblade Chronicles X on the Wii U. Was that it? Yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 1 is on the Wii. That's The original one's on the oh, Wii. Oh, okay. So I yeah, had Xenoblade Chronicles X. Yeah, that's the one with the robots. Apparently loads of people were playing it, and I kept checking the servers to see who was playing it. Hmm. I saw no one. <laughs> saw nothing. I was running a fucking... Apparently people were like... I don't think oh, it is multiplayer, isn't it? No, it is. It's is online. It? I like, thought it was only online. like a really vague thing it did. I thought it was fully online. Like People were hmm. saying like they played online with their mates, and they went and they did all these adventures and stuff. They had no. like... It is fully online multiplayer. I'm 100% sure. Oh. But um, I'm looking forward to playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Yeah. That's going to be fun. I bet it is. I bet it'll be fucking But it's your brilliant. turn. The Xenoblade Chronicles 2 looks a lot like... It's um, your last review. Do you remember Dark Cloud 2 on the... Um, or Dark Chronicle oh, on the PS2? Dark Chronicle's a great game. You're a terrible human being. No, I'm not. Yeah. What should I review as my last thing this Just week? Just fucking anything. Was there a film out this week? Yeah, there was. Was there Justice League out this week? No, no, wait, 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 wait. Paddington 2. <laughs> hey, here's a fucking story about Paddington 2. This is my outrage moment. Yeah. So, Saturday... Don't peak the audio so much. Friday night. Fr- no, wait. Saturday. Saturday night, me and Tara made plans to have a lovely little date night. We Well, a day. We have these little dates and we go and we do things that specifically one of us wants to do. So plan was Saturday. We so it's went, only one of you that wants to do the thing. Yeah. And just... Saturday, we both went, we went for a run, which is like kind of my thing because yeah. I love running. So we went had a nice 5k in the rain, which is always a little bit of fun. And then we went to town. We got coffee, which again, my thing. You were breathing heavily during the run and she was chasing with a knife. No. <laughs> no. I let her go in front. Yeah. Didn't, didn't try and outpace her or anything. Smooth move. Really well behaved. Because yeah. usually... I still try and get in my my five minute Ks, but she usually she usually maxes out like six thirty seven. So I put it back. I like running with Tara. I like running with Tara a lot because if I'm trying to run at my optimal pace, that's when I get injured, and I shouldn't be training like that anymore because I'm doing long distance runs. Because you're now. old. No, because I've got three ultra marathons to do next year. Mm. I've got sixteen two hundreds, and they're stupid. all running this time. So you're gonna die. I'm not gonna die. I'll be fine. Uh, but anyway, so um, so. Yeah, so we were going for a run. And then after the run, we went to go get coffee. We were going to grab some snacks for the cinema. We were going to sit down and we were going to watch Paddington 2. Got into Paddington 2. Screening was, the film was showing 8.15. So we thought there'd be no kids, nothing. We'll be great. Get in. Went to go and buy tickets. Fucking sold out. 8.15. Hmm. 8.15 in the evening, Paddington 2 is sold out. Do you know what wasn't sold out and there were plenty of tickets for? Fucking Justice League. Yeah. Talk about the fucking movie. Um, I went. I was going to book tickets for Justice League like the night before. Why? Um, and the Woking Cinema, which is never really super no. busy, but I was looking, and there was only about twelve tickets sold. And Paddington had was half sold out. Um, Completely sold out by the time you would have turned up to go yeah. see it. it um, apparently, the last incredible. Jedi in over a month was more sold out than Justice yeah. League was six hours before it was due to screen. Who would have thought Woking isn't the audience for Justice no. League or Guildford? In fact, anyway, so I went to see it. It's full of douchebags. Um, Justice League, like, I would... I'm going to say right from the start, I'm not going to spoil it, no spoilers. 
I'm totally going to fucking spoil don't it. Don't spoil it. No, no spoilers. Can, you can't spoil it. I will. No, don't spoil it because people, you can't, when you're doing an audio podcast, people can't, you can't just go skip to this point to not avoid, to avoid spoilers. No, because you can't put it on the screen or anything. All right. And I don't know where it'll be. I won't tell anyone Superman's alive. It was, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's shock horror. Superman's in the film. Um, <laughs> you said no fucking spoilers, you right. dick. I'm going to say comfortably. I'm going to say comfortably, this is the second best of the DC movies so far. But when I say second best, it's very close to Man of Steel, and I fucking hate Man of Steel. Like, it's just above that. It's like, Man of Steel is bollocks. Suicide Squad below that, because at least Suicide Squad had some moments, sort of. And Batman v Superman is just trash. Um, Justice League's just about... It's, it's like, they literally scientifically, as far as I can tell, perfectly found the exact point where a film becomes just about tolerable. And that's what they did. Um, There's like... It's a weird film because it feels like a mashup of different directors, which it is. I think Joss Whedon went in there and just went, fuck that, fuck this, fuck all these things. You know what I get for the cat pushing things off the shelf? Yeah. That's what Joss, that's what Joss Whedon did. Um, he, like there's, there's sequences. If you watch the old trailers... There's a nighttime sequence that was turned into a daytime sequence. There was a dream sequence that was released as a clip only like a month ago, and that's not in the film. It's it's not a dream sequence in the film. He cut all the dream sequences out. There was definitely dream sequences in that film because it's Zack Snyder and he fucking loves dream sequences. He really does. Yeah, and it, even regardless of how much it fucks with the plot. Um, but as a film, it's like it feels like a course correction. Like they're trying to push things back to a way that the DC universe probably should be. Yeah, because I'm okay with like DC being a bit more darker and all this sort of stuff to Marvel. Well, yeah, there's dark. It has to give it its own flavour. There's darker in terms of tone, and there's yeah. dark in terms of you've made a terrible movie that's way too yeah. fucking dark. I can't like, see what's you, happening. You don't go and make Man a, a Superman film and go, you know what? What if Superman was Watchmen? And that's what he did. He did PG. He did like a twelve certificate Watchmen. That's what he wanted to try and do, wasn't it? He? he wanted to do yeah. with Batman v Superman. Um, but things that you praise it for, right? The first scene in the film. Instantly made me go, oh dear, um, which was a vertical video, which is not a way to impress me when no. you start showing a film. When you've got a whole fucking screen, have someone yeah. just shoot a widescreen video. Yeah. I would have liked it if the kids went, oh, the video's the wrong way around and turned it. That yeah. would have made me so happy. Um, but regardless of that, and Henry Cavill's weird CGI lips. Um, More on that later. Blatantly a Vichos Sweden shot. Um, they actually did a scene at the very start of the film where Superman is acting like Superman. He's just saved some people. He could have flown off and gone and done anything. He could have posed why people touch him like he did in Batman v Superman a bit too often. Yeah. But he stops and has a little chat with some kids and answers their dumb questions. Yeah. They're asking stupid little kid childlike questions. questions well, he, answers, he, doesn't even answer, he answers one question and then the kid gets fuddled and then they, the other kid answers a question and, he, and then he rapes and kills them and hides them somewhere. No, that's that didn't happen. Have you seen the fucking face he pulls? I'll wait for the director's cut. Version. The fucking face he pulls when that kid goes, what's your favourite thing about Earth? And he looks at the kid and he goes, He thinks about it. He's thinking. That's just the CGI lips messing you up there. Uh. Um, but yeah, they, they it was nice that they started the film with a bit just to go, look, Superman, Superman. It's just vertical video and CGI lip. Don't do that. Um, and then for the first like half hour or so, it's very much a Zack Snyder film. Like There's a lot of jumping from one place to the next with no real thing. And yeah. it's... it's you know, it's a bit sort of action sequences just kind of happen out of nowhere. Um, some of the plot doesn't feel like it flows in the order it should. But there's a really cool Wonder Woman action sequence. I thought that was good. When she's shooting along, like, blocking all the machine gun See, fire. See, I didn't like it. I, uh, uh, no, it's fine. Continue. 
You're bad at film. You're bad. No, at I'm not bad at films. No, I just have issues with that, like with a few bits in there. But go, go for it. But she was cool. That was Wonder Woman doing superhero stuff. Yeah, I want to see that. But... I want to see that stuff. Um, yeah, but shut up. Bad at films. No, no um, my problem is that like you've made a film in which one person's power is specifically they're very very fast, but then suddenly everyone has super speed. And they alluded to this with Batman in Batman versus Superman, where he's in the corner and he does that sudden really quick flip and avoids all the gunfire and stuff. Yeah, because he's flipping. But then suddenly you can flip past bullets. Suddenly Wonder Woman is like super fast. Well, Wonder as well. Woman is no, but she's not. That's how she blocks bullets. No, she blocks bullets because, like, she has the bracelet things and she's just very quick. Yeah. But she's not, like... She's fast. So, but she's not so quick, she can just speed across a room, stop a yeah. hundred bullets coming out of a machine yeah. gun fast. No. Wonder Woman's bloody fast. That's part of her whole thing. Oh, no, it's not. Her reactions are, like, super high, and that's no. how she just goes... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. check out Wonder Woman's power. She has got super... Not, like, she's not Flash or what, Superman super speed, but... She can move very, very fast. Yeah, I, but I don't think she can move so fast that she can defeat. She's basically like the whole thing with blocking bullets is like it's almost instinctive that she knows exactly where I they know, will be. But just that was too fast. Because she's and that was the very good at trigonometry. Her power levels. It's okay. And they should have kept it the same as Wonder Woman the film because if not, then she's like yeah, she's had a hundred years of practice. Yeah, like but it's still, it's the just... whole point of the Wonder Woman film was her powers coming out finally, fully. I'm coming out. But, um, I'm Superwoman now. Yeah. Got my superpower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop saying words. Anyway, the film just kind of it moved along like a film, which is a miracle for a DC movie. Kind of. Yeah, but at least you knew what was happening. You knew what the bad guy wanted. Kind of. You knew, no, you didn't know what the bad guy wanted. He wanted That's his free boxes. <laughs> but why? He wanted his Lego bricks. He wanted his mother box. He was did really you, into those mother boxes. Did you like how the, how they found out that, about mother boxes? Yeah, why did the parademon just, like... <laughs> like, why couldn't you have had... The parademon blows up, whatever the fuck, right? Batman goes back, adds it to his pile of information. Because he's obviously tried to catch parademons before. Because he yeah. mentions, like, he oh, like feeding field and all this sort of stuff. Um, and he had that dream, nightmare, flash forward. What? Whatever the fuck like- that was in the last film. But, um... Yeah, the parody even blows up, leaves three squares on the wall, and he's like, I've seen these boxes around. Like, why just have him go home? Put down his file he's written about this parademon encounter. Because I'm sure Batman does log in stuff. I'm sure he does paperwork. Um, and just, like, show, like, a couple of pictures of photos he's taken of, like, these weird cube symbols he keeps seeing. That's all you needed. But no, instead he goes off to friggin'. Was it Norway or something? Don't give a fuck. Um, and Shit. Talks to Aquaman. <laughs> Shit. Um, but there's stuff in the film that I like. Like, this, like I say, this feels like a course correction, doing whatever they can to course correct. It, it literally feels like they took over Zack Snyder's project halfway through and just forced it. Like, no matter what, no matter how much it was kicking and screaming, they were forcing it towards what they want it to be now. Well, you know, like, like Kurt Cobain, I feel like there may have been a murder on a suicide save this movie yeah anyway this <laughs> like things I liked right is it more things in the finale battle right um Superman turns up just out of nowhere um because he's good now again um and his first thing to do isn't to help fight Steppenwolf after he's punched him a couple of times he goes more people need help I'm gonna go help them like Man of Steel Superman and Batman v Superman Superman would not have done that he would have just carried on fighting the villain regardless of what damage or how dangerous it was for civilians around there. I was wrong. Superwoman, as apparently, has the speed to run... Superwoman? Has, uh, sorry, Wonder Woman has the ability to run 60 miles per hour. Yeah, good on her. Um, like, 
she because she's faster like cheetah's faster than her isn't she that's the thing in like you know when you know when dc were writing their heroes do you think they just went all right what can we give every single hero oh because superman was a massive hit they wanted basically every hero to be as powerful as superman ridiculous um but yeah like the the fact friggin superman goes off to rescue some people the flash is rescuing some people at the same time while they're dealing with stuff superman's like i trust you guys to keep doing this batman's gun runs out of ammo <laughs> they, yeah his alien gun yeah he steals off a parademon yeah just grab another one dude yeah like pff, pff. <laughs> but i like that they had a little moment for superman to go rescue people in the it was just funny that was a funny my problem is moment. like not to spoil it um parademons yeah, parademons are cool. The way that they are cool. The way that mm. parademons create more parademons is they bite people. Yeah, yeah. So they show that in a flashback, and they never do. Again. They do, and they never yeah. show again. And they should have had them picking up civilians, like in that whole finale bit. But like I said, like when I say this is course corrected, there's definitely stuff like they've definitely cut loads out. Where was Steppenwolf throughout this movie? Um, he's just hanging out in the sky, I think. That's but that. he has a whole ship. He was at Krispy Kreme. There's a Zeo crystal under it. And he's there's, a, there's an entire ship that he, <laughs> he has. He had to go pull double duty in a, in a Dragon <laughs> Age game. <laughs> um, <sighs> CGI Steppenwolf. It's weird that Freddie Prince Jr. didn't, see, didn't voice him in this one. No, who was it who voiced him? Freddie Kieran Prince Hines, Kieran Hines. Someone yeah. who they probably paid millions of dollars to be in the movie, but no one... He un- could have been makeup, like, so easily. Yeah, not for Kieran Hines, though, because Kieran Hines is 100 years old and looks fucking yeah. disgusting. But, um... But the thing is, it's like Steppenwolf, as far as like his design goes. Yeah, he's a stupid fucking armor, and his face is all the work. Like the face is the only like visual element that is like un- otherworldly, and all that is is a couple of teeth on his chin and some old skin. Like you could have done that in effects. Like you could have pulled the whole force perspective to make him look bigger in some shots. That would save a lot of money. You know, I like that he was tall. You know, that, that's always interesting when a villain's a bit out of scale with everyone else. Because if you're an alien, why would you be the same height as yeah. regular humans? Um, Absolutely. But uh, it's like there's there's plenty of little tiny things that make it decent. And like yeah. the Red Letter Media View, when Mike Glasser said it's the best film from 1997, he's <laughs> yeah. It I mean, it feels like a 90s dumb action if movie. If you said 1998, I would have argued that Phantoms was better. <laughs> Ben Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms. Ben Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms. Yeah. Lee Schreiber was in Phantoms. Yeah, shit. Yeah. Rose McGowan was in yeah. Phantoms. Who would have think? Who would have thought, sorry, allies in that movie would be would be um, enemies nowadays? Maybe. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah. It's, it's like, as far as, I don't say, I'm not saying it's a good film. No. It's not even, it's incredibly average. There's yeah. little tiny moments that I wouldn't were fun. Even say average. There's a brilliant Flash and Superman moment, which like is probably going to be the only majorly memorable moment from the whole film. Um, the Flash is irritating, but um, the thing it's is, so they, they need to decide if him or Aquaman was going to be the comic relief. Yeah. And Aquaman was better comic relief. Aquaman was deadpan, which yeah. made it fit the universe better. Yeah. yeah. I the Flash was kind of like jokey, jokey. I'm Spider-Man: Homecoming, yeah. Um, and I was kind of hoping they'd give him a new costume because they kind of at the end of the film they are pushing towards a better idea for what it's going to be. Yeah, I really wanted him to have a better costume at the end of it because his yeah. costume is stupid. Yeah, it is stupid. Um, but there is like there's nice little moments in the film. There's the occasional moment where you're just like, this feels more like a DC movie thing. Because like the friggin' Justice League animated series carried on from Batman animated series, which is dark as hell, and they mm. still made it light. Yeah, 
Like you can because the introduction of those characters made it like yeah. that's the whole point. And the question man, in DC, in the Justice League cartoon, the moment the question comes into it, that show ramps up in brilliance. Okay, <laughs> all right. So but, yeah, yeah. It's a it's just about passable. On the bare minimum, it's like it, I I don't know if there's any. Maybe Iron Man Two is the only Marvel film I think is as bad as it. Um, Four two. Four two is close. Four two has at least got friggin' Cat Dennings in it. So yeah. Four two is kind of great in the some last great visuals. Twenty minutes. It's got some brilliant visuals. Well, the last twenty minutes of Four two are actually really good. But yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. It's it's just on the bare minimum. But I'm a bit more optimistic for where the DC films will go from here. Yeah. Because Wonder Josh Woman was good. Yeah. I don't, don't put Joss Whedon in charge because I think that'll go too much towards Marvel. Let Patty Jenkins be in charge of it because so far she's the only one who's proved she can do the Just job. Just get anyone who gives a shit about the properties. Yeah. Well, Jeff Johns is over in charge of the whole thing, isn't he? And he's, no, he's not in charge. Isn't he like the leader? Zack Snyder, I think, was the one who was in yeah. charge of the last little but Jeff Johns got the, the major producer credit on the whole get, thing. Get the fuck away from, from Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. And who the fuck is the guy that... Um, who's the guy who writes the screenplays for this shit? The one who helped um, Christopher Nolan on The Dark Knight and stuff. He can't write a script. Oh, yeah, tell. yeah. And the one who wrote Blade years, yeah. years ago. Yeah, I know yeah, you mean. David S. Goyer. Yeah. David S. Goyer can't write a movie. He needs a director who pushes it yeah. in the right direction. He yeah. needs a director who writes movies. David S. Goyer writes action Here's my problem with Justice League. I, unlike you, did not really like this film. I, yeah, I wouldn't even say... <laughs> yeah, liked it is a bit strong for you. But would but... you say it's the second best of the DC films? No. <laughs> really? No, yeah. What's better than this? Man of Steel. Superman Returns. Superman, Superman <laughs> Returns isn't one of these DC films. I like to think it is. Specifically. I, like to think it's, I think that's a sequel that hasn't been approximated to the new universe. I'd say I... I my... Okay, so so Justice League. My problems with Justice League, that what you say are strengths, I would say. Um, my problem is there's glaring holes and inconsistencies. So much so that I think it's a detra- it, it, it detracts from the overall product and I wouldn't say it's a complete movie. There are things, there are issues with the way that stuff is shown. Everything's a convenience. Everything suddenly happens. Everything's everything yeah, because they took ha- a three and a half hour long film yeah. and cut it down to two hours. It had the decency to end in two hours. That's true. But everything <laughs> that happens is a coincidence. Oh yeah. Every single plot point is a coincidence. Yeah, it's schlock. None of it. None of it is ever like at no point. Like this is what I mean about the whole Steppenwolf thing. Where was he? Like, hanging out. if you wanted to make, if you were, Zack Snyder might have done this because he's usually doing shit like this. You know, like in the background, he has a B plot and the B plot is usually the villain, the villain's Fred running in the background. Yeah. Right. There needed to be a scene where we cut to that village that we're at the end. And every so often it's just like, someone's just saying like, oh, you know, Tim from the, uh, Tim from the docks went missing the other day. It's like, oh God, no, not Tim. Oh, what is his family doing? It's like. Funniest thing, family set off to go and see if he was, see if he maybe was working down the docks. In, said he had a bug problem. No, say he, he was working down the docks the other way. They've gone missing now as well. I was really hoping the little girl picks up some bug spray at one point. I was really hoping she'd spray that in a parademon's face and it works. Yeah, that would have been funny. <laughs> that would have been funny. But yeah, you know what I mean. There's no like Steppenwolf does nothing. Yeah, like he is like a bit. Steppenwolf is like, I mean, he's basically Dark Side's. Like you Bench. know, henchman. He's Bob the Goon for Dark Side. Yeah, but like he could have been intimidating at least. Yeah, he wasn't. Um, could but have been that's the thing. Like, so. like turn this if you if you still want to keep those DC fans because I don't see them sticking around for this. I think this is going to be the nail in the coffin for so many DC fans. Good. Like, Marvel fanboys turn around to prove my movie. 
they just suck a dick. Those other films were like, terrible. They are really bad. But, but you know, like, the action scenes. The bit where Batman has a giant spider vehicle? <laughs> like, he That's has what I tell you, it's the hook. great 1997 film. That <laughs> toy is going to sell. He has a fucking grappling hook. Yeah. That's just a bigger grappling hook. Like, Wonder Woman can climb that shit without issue, but suddenly she's holding on to... Oh, no, she wasn't there for that scene, was she? What one? Wonder Woman. When? Was she in that action yeah. scene? Yeah, in the tunnels. No, she was as Aquaman, Flash. Yeah, she was there. Was she? Yeah. Did she just climb out? Yeah, pretty much. And if you remember Cyborg flies off and then yeah. and she's holding all the other guys up. Yeah, how weird. And then they're just like, did he just leave us? And I was like, yeah, he just left what us. What happened to him? Where'd he He go? says something. He went off to get the mother box that he just had in his house. Yeah, that's what he did. Yeah. And then he dropped on a car. So they keep going about, Steppenwolf oh, it's been hidden by the world man. Dropped on a car and then Steppenwolf went, yeah. yoink, and turned it up into the sky. They were distracted at the time with the plot of the good version of the Justice it, League movie. I wanted it to cut back to Steppenwolf just being like... Hiding behind a fake cardboard no, 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 bush. No, 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 no. They turn around and he is just like an inch away from holding onto the box and he just turns like, uh-oh. <laughs> Yoink! <laughs> they just cut to like a, there's like a bush in the background. It's a cardboard cutout <laughs> bush. It's been drawn in crayon, and it keeps getting up a little tiny feet underneath it. Those fucking parademons! I get them to draw one fucking bush, and it looks shit. Oh god! Change Steppenwolf's voice to Skeletor. No, not Skeletor. Have him be Killface from Frisky Dingo. No, I'm actually Skeletor. Those goddamn parademons! Bunch but, of bumbling fools, but, like ninkum poops, ninnies. There's a good way of doing this. Have Batman get told, "Oh, Cyborg, he has a mother box energy inside of him." And then Batman's like, "Well, I can recalibrate my scanner to find out all over the world using my satellites if we've got these mother boxes anywhere." Oh, look! It looks like there's one there and one there, and there's and one in your got, house, Cyborg. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> What the fuck are you doing? You haven't secured shit. Wait, your dad's Miles Dyson. Even if it was in your house and you're saying it's secure, you're weak as shit. Miles Dyson's alive in this universe. Uh-huh. Does that mean the Terminators are definitely happening? Oh yeah, his son's one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, just have have him like located that way, and then it's less of convenience. And then if he if he suddenly went, oh shit, the one over in uh, the one over in Femascara, that's fucking moving. And she's like, oh, I wonder what's happening with my people. Then cut to the action scene. Yeah, and then be like Aquaman. You better go and protect your your place because he might be going there next after he's fucked up. Yeah, Aquaman fucked that up. And then <laughs> Aquaman instead go. He just he's like, hey, I'm not going to be part of your fucking team. I'm going to be a teenage girl and I'm going home. <laughs> he just jumps in the water and then swims somehow without motioning, without moving any of his arms or legs. He doesn't need to. He's like a speedboat, telepathic. <laughs> you Batman, talk to fish, like, don't you? He goes, no, yeah. I talk to a water. Can you put like, sorry, can you put feelers out there? Yeah, or something? Just let the fish know what's going on. It's like, it's like I don't really fucking talk to. How cool it been if the way Stephen Wolf was destroyed by a killer whale just falling out of the sky onto him? <laughs> no, that piranhas in the eyes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fucking blind. Oh. You fucking kidding me? <laughs> Carried away by seahorses in my asshole. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm fucking blind from piranhas. <laughs> I got prawns in my ears. This lampreys. is ridiculous. just a shitload of lampreys attached to it. <laughs> oh no, he gets he gets um what's his name? Um, I think Aquaman always bloody gets dolphins and shit. Like freaking, have you seen the horrors in the ocean? To raise, yeah, get the real horrors. Get get me some lampreys. Get me some fucking anglerfish. Giant squids. Yeah, those fucking fifty foot long giant squids. Yeah. The ones that can swallow a man. Yeah, <laughs> just an octopus. Yeah, 
drop stink, drop jellyfish on him. Just shit loads of jellyfish, and then all the parademons have to piss on him. Get loads of little, like little, uh, what they called the um, the tiny little the fish that. well, the ones that fly up your dick, swim no, your dick. The ones that octopuses love. Oh. And they fucking chase them into yeah, like, caves yeah, and stuff. Yeah, get them to go in his eyes and then have the octopuses try and get in his fucking eyes. Yeah. Ugh. Right, use your fish. Um, no, so anyway, like, the whole point is that this could fit into the DC universe better if they made, like, one half the horror movie. It could simply be a 12 egg because you'd never. But it would just be stuff like, Mum, there's a monster under my bed. It's like, Oh, there's no monster under your bed, kid. And, they then, feel like, and then it turns out it's the fucking dad. Yeah. Like the dad's been bitten and he's under the bed and he grabs the wife, bites her ankle, and she runs out and then the little kid's like, little kid's like, Mom, where are you going? Why are you leaving me? And then the fucking dad comes up over the other side of the bed and just <laughs> jump scare and then cuts to yeah. the next scene is Batman going like, what the fuck are we going to do? Because shit's going crazy. We can't get these boxes. We can't. He's stolen another one dressed as a bush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know that, um, that when he was getting the parody when in Gotham, they, as far as I can tell, they used the set from the um, Arkham Knight game for Gotham. Yes. It literally looks like the Arkham Knight Gotham. It didn't. It just like who was the guy who played the villain as well? I recognised him. Oh, well, the fuck. Yeah. yeah, I recognised him as well. I have no idea. I'm wasn't it? Know, wasn't it the know. dude who was in the Losers, the one who played the henchman? Um, possibly. He was. But he was also like, in Lights Out. I think he was the main character in the series Lights Out that no one remembers about a boxer. Maybe. Um, but have a look because. But yeah, then was... Batman doesn't punch him at the end. Yeah, like he just lets him keep talking. He's he's like, he should just. Hey, ever since Superman died, everyone's been attacking racists. No, I mean, like, everyone's become a racist. Yeah. Um, I really didn't like this movie. Um, the part that you mentioned, the really cool part with Flash and Superman, I did like a lot. Yeah, that, um, that was that was the good movie that we were meant to have had. <laughs> I also liked... Maybe. I also liked one punch in the final fight, and that was Aquaman throwing his, throwing his trident and then smacking the shit out of Steppenwolf. I was like... That's a move he could have done without Superman. Yeah. But he didn't. Why? It just didn't make any sense, did it? Like, why all of a sudden... That action sequence, I think, was cut to hell, though, because I reckon Zack Snyder's plot was Superman's evil and Steppenwolf controls him. Yeah. And, like, the whole big... Every single... Like, there's, there's... At least 60% of Superman scenes have the CGI lip going on, so they must have been reshot by Whedon. See, I said 80. Yeah, possibly, yeah. But yeah. There's, there's hardly any. There were that bit on the... Um, the bit where at the monument and they freaking all of them are trying to you know calm yeah. Superman down. That's that's entirely Snyder. Yeah. Apart from a couple of shots here and there, and the fact they've turned it to a daytime scene. Thank God they turned it to a daytime scene. Yeah, cause... Cause fucking any more night shots yeah. in that movie. The last the last action scene, like the parademons up in the sky, up in the top of the thing, where they look up and they're like, oh, they can sense fear and shit. Yeah. Like I was like, parademons. <laughs> it's just like a fucking black background. There's just nothing <laughs> up there. Um. But yeah, like there are so many mistakes. I don't, I don't understand how someone could make so many mistakes. What, what, Two people made a lot of mistakes. No, what Joss, Whedon, what Joss Whedon had done corrected a lot, and you could tell that Joss Whedon yeah. had put in a lot of effort. Like those, those, they, you, you know, like they said, eight months. You know, they said twenty percent reshoots. Yeah, there was a four-hour-long movie here, so that twenty percent equates to at least forty minutes of what we saw on screen. I actually, I kind of reckon he was actually brought on a little earlier than people know he was. You reckon? Because you know, Snyder's daughter committed suicide last year in March, wasn't it? Yeah. And he like he stayed with the production for a while, and I think there was basically a period where they were like working together. Yeah. Because it, it's one of those things where you can't just bring someone in with eight months left and get them to completely rework a film. No. Um, I am kind of interested to see a Zack Snyder cut of the film, Richard Donner Superman's two style. Yeah, I'd like to see what it looked like originally because they must still have all that footage. It must have been completed, and then they 
Yeah. Pulled it back. Billy Crudup was Henry Allen. I couldn't remember. Yeah, I was not... staring, just going, who is that? I immediately recognised Billy Crudup in that. Yeah. Um, although... I, I think that might have been friggin' Zach, um, Joss Whedon as well. You reckon? It's the most human element of the film. I didn't... I fucking hated it. Like, that was another thing that really wound me up. It was like, it was like, oh, so, wait, so this whole time, what have you done for money? Like... He's been doing little jobs here and there. Yeah, but what? Who knows? Because he has a fucking massive apartment full of stuff. He's got a... Steel. A hole in the ground. You reckon he's I think he's... Hob- no, he's... um. No, they mention he's um, been he do, he's been squatting in different places because they mention that he just sort of moves from one place to the other mm. out of nowhere. Because I mean, to be honest, he could move everything in there in like a minute yeah. to the other side of town. Yeah, um, they remembered to mention that stuff. I still can't find who was the. I'm assuming he's just called fucking Gotham or something. Yeah, like that. well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, I I give this I give this a Steve Zahn, Steve Zane. What he's all right. He's got a funny face. Yeah. I mean, it's like a 3 out of 10, 4 out of 10, (laughs) at very most. It's so much better than Suicide Squad and Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. Like, infinitely better. But the problem is that Batman and Superman, at least in the most contrived way and in the most terrible setup, had a plot that they sort of followed. I couldn't follow it. It wasn't a good plot, but they sort of had a plot. This, Mm. everything was convenient. It's like, you've got the world's greatest detective with, like... An unlimited source of information. One of the fastest people in the world. Well, the fastest person in the world. And Wonder Woman. Someone who has knowledge on what's happening. And between the three of them... Four of them, sorry. And Aquaman. Again, Again, knowledge of the past and what's happened. They have history around this sort of thing. Between all of them, they keep falling onto the fucking plot. It's like, whoa! We've got a mother I really like... I really think if you get a first Justice League film, they should really do Martian Manhunter, White Alien Invasion. Like that's the perfect setup for Justice League because mm. it's a, you know it's an alien invasion. You introduce the Martian Manhunter Everyone at the same gets time. To use their full power. Yeah, there's no holding back. And I there's think no a Superman worry. going crazy would have been a good plot, like for a whole film. Oh, Perfect Day would be a great yeah. story. Heartbreaking. Why not CGI beard on his face for fuck's sake? Yeah, why not let him have a beard? <laughs> Yeah, bearded, mulleted Superman. They mentioned his cells didn't stop while he was underwater, his, uh, when he's in the ground. Mm. So his, you know, his hair could have grown. That was one <laughs> thing the Red Letter Media said that I found most interesting is that there is a plot, there is a bunch of Superman comics where he dies, Yeah, where they use like kryptonite scalpels and stuff to take samples and shit and like yeah. experiment on him. Yeah. Didn't do any of that. Yeah, but then again, they never said them. They, they, I think they made out that Superman's body was destroyed because Clark Kent's buried. Yeah. Not Superman. Um, you know. Mm. And uh, one thing I noticed as well, they actually set up how they are bringing him back in the last film, didn't they? What? Because they used the same liquid stuff that was used to um, revive oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. friggin' Zod into... Yeah. <sighs> it's not Doomsday. No. <laughs> but they used the same basic method. So it was like, they actually set something up in a previous film and it paid off. I it? don't know why they couldn't have done the proper Doomsday storyline, just have them beat the shit out of each other. But they didn't actually they call him Doomsday. Yeah, but why not Lex just Lex Luthor just said, get ready for your doomsday. Why not just have him beat the shit out of each other until they died? Yeah. Oh, I'm... Um, have Booster Gold turn up out of nowhere. Don't introduce him ever. Just have him turn out of a portal. Doomsday instantly grabs him and rips his arm off. Wasn't it nice that Superman <laughs> was Superman again? Yeah. Like, he actually, like... There was that moment... There was a moment where he, he and Cyborg... Cyborg had a few moments where he was Cyborg. Yeah. 
Like Cyborg Sibuya. through most of the film wanted to kill himself. Like yeah, he was is, the thing from Fantastic Four. Cyborg should be depressed as fuck at the start. Oh yeah. It's whenever he confronts what the reality of his we life get told he's that in denial. He's been, all time. he's been he's been like that for months. His dad's been saying how he's been cooped up for months. Yeah. And like, it's been six months at least because yeah. the files from the last one. Yeah, but six he didn't. Off the he didn't like. At no point did he go like, "Oh, I could just go and fight crime." I mean, I'm not going to get. Hurt I think he was thinking about it. Maybe a little bit. But anyway, like, like because you know he says about how his um he keeps getting new. He's things. waking up and yeah, it's new yeah, stuff. Happens. New stuff, and he like because in in the comics, his new stuff basically comes from his desire to achieve something and yeah. his body finds out a way of making it happen and I think there was a whole thing where he's seeing the world fall to shit there's no Superman around so he's like he, his body goes well now you can fly Yeah, iconic Superman power well done then he gets internet yeah <laughs> so, um, cyborg so, like they, I think they've got the basis of a good cyborg thing going on mm. if they do a Teen Titan film don't put cyborg in it eh? no um, I really liked... So there was a scene in which he says, I think that we can hold it. And he goes, I hope so, because I only just got back and I'd like to stay alive. Yeah. And then they pull it apart and he falls off and he goes, oh, I'm regretting saying I want to be alive. <laughs> that was that to me, I was like, I was like, oh, Superman's back. Yeah. Hey, Superman. But Superman just keeps quipping. Yeah. Yeah. Superman's back. He's just like... Because Superman was always depressed as fuck as well and he always got on with Cyborg because they both shared something. They were the only one of their kind. Hmm. Until, you know, Supergirl. Um, all right, but I I give this this is a Steve Zahn. Um, do I need to do another review because that was technically your? You were supposed to be talking about Punisher, weren't you? Did you? No, finish I, watching no it? I didn't. I turns out I had two extra episodes. I was on episode eleven. Fucking idiot! I thought I was on episode. All right, well, we'll watch that. 13. We'll review that next. We'll time. review that next time. So I'll my, finish it by then. I even finished Power Rangers Turbo by then. Oh, God, yeah. Twenty-one episodes to go. Boom. Um, my <sighs> I I might have seen Paddington. <laughs> Holy shit! We're setting up setting up next next episode. Yeah. Um, okay, my final review then is going to be Evil Within Two. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, Evil Within Two. Yeah. Um, this isn't. I, I'm gonna. I'm. I, I played a lot of the Evil Within. I think it was before we started doing the podcast. No, no, you talked about it. Did then. I talk about it? Yeah. Um, the Evil Within One was um, was a nice game. It was a bit weird. I didn't give it a, a great review. I don't think I gave it like. I give it like a seven out of ten, eight out of yeah. ten. Um, this this time around, it's less linear, which unlike Sniper Elite Four works. So it gives you a set. Did have an open world horror game. Yeah, but it works. It's it's not like you'd expect. So, take the entire environment is open world technically. Yeah, but they lock places off to you. The way they yeah. do that is that there are tunnels that circumvent because it's all in someone's mind. It's a bit like Inception. So it's a construct within someone's mind. The construct is this village or this town. And mm. um, the way you travel between places that they have these computers set up. They have logging points. And they essentially send you as data into these tunnels, which are represented by like these horror-filled tunnels where people have died and they're like labs. They're a little bit more clinical than the surface, which is just painted like a normal village. Um, And then you go up onto the other side and you're into another section. And you can see, like when you're on on one section, you can look up and then you'll see the place you were before. Nice. And if you look that way, you can see like another section that you can get to (laughs) if you find another computer. Um, And there are different buildings and stuff. And you can go in buildings and search and find shit. And all in all, it works really well. Um, one of the things that I think is lacking is that the the idea of having it in a village is really good and it has a, a very Twin Peaksy feel to it. Uh, not as good as Deadly Premonition, though. Well, it's kind of stolen a little bit from Deadly Premonition. Which so is the greatest horror game of all time. It's actually quite fun. I like Deadly yeah. Premonition. One of the good things about this is you get to save areas. So when you get to save areas, you've got a coffee machine. Yeah. That has a timer. Damn good coffee. So you drink a cup of coffee and it restores your health and your stamina. 
Yeah. And then if you go running and you come back in 20 minutes, the coffee machine's charged up again, you can have another cup of coffee. <laughs> and they're in each Wait, of the same Wait, who directed phase. this game? Uh, it's uh, Shinji Miyake. Mikami. Uh, Mikami. Oh, so it's not sweary. <laughs> no, no, it's not sweary. It's the guy who directed the original Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah, Shinji yeah. Mikami. Yeah, he did Evil within one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it works really well. Graphics are fucking stunning. The storyline is complete nonsense, but in the best possible way. Yeah, so it was the last one, wasn't it? Yeah, the last one was you went into the the mental mental asylum thinking that it was just a normal asylum, but it turns out you're in someone's head in the yeah. mental asylum. Because was wasn't it all part. like each chapter was like a different sort of yeah. horror location type thing? Yeah. yeah. In this one, the chapters are still there, but they're just different objectives. Yeah. Um, I'm really liking it. It looks fucking stunning. It's really well done. The lighting is genius. Like it's actually yeah. lit like a horror movie. So sometimes you're running down the street and your shadow will pick up on a wall that's mm. running this and you'll be like, oh, fuck. oh, no, no, it's just my shadow, keep going. Uh, there's still filaments that work that work a lot better now. Yeah. Because before, linear environments where you've just got corridors and you've got to do stealth didn't work very well. Now works really well. Nice. There's new enemy types. There's new, um, there's new weapons. There's new bolt types. It's all really fun. And I just, I think that this feels more like Resident Evil than Evil Within 1 did. Yeah. And it should have probably been at this point originally, because the first one, the plot wasn't really very personal, nothing really fit in. This one, it, it could have been the first game. Because the, the storyline, um, which you get told in the first five minutes, so it's not really spoilers, but the storyline is that your daughter was in a house fire. You relived that fire at the beginning. Spectacular opening, almost as good as the original Max Payne. Yeah. Um, spectacular opening which you're trying to get through the house and it just sets up a few of the mechanics as you're trying to get to your daughter's room and then you get to your daughter's room and you hold on to her and then suddenly you're on fire screaming you wake up and you're in a bar and then that introduces you to the plot around Nest turns out your daughter didn't die in the house fire that you're dreaming about uh, she was captured by Nest which is the organisation that create these little um, environments inside of someone's head um, and something's going wrong turns out that the specimen they've got that they built the area inside of is your daughter's head. So you've got to go in and try and save your daughter from her own mind space. Mm. And you don't know if she's alive or dead or what they've done to make it so that she can sustain this environment. And it's all very wishy-washy up until the end. Um, but fucking, so far it's been... Spe- I'm probably going to have like... I'm probably going to do another... Re- this is a bit like Prey, where I should have probably done a back... I should have done a review after I completed Prey. Because the first, yeah. first five hours give you a really good idea of the mechanics. The plot sort of reveals itself to you. Uh, one of the things that annoyed me about Prey in the last few hours were... It made it out to be um, lots of different moral choices that would affect... There were only like four. Yeah. Four or five. That was it. Yeah, I know it kind of... Um, a lot of people don't like the ending of Prey. I'm I'm of two minds about it. I liked it and I didn't like it. I think that... I think it should have changed more depending on the type of play, playthrough. Yeah. Because it was more like... At the end, it was just more like an assessment. And it was like... It was a bit like the end of Mass Effect 3, but less disappointing. Um... <laughs> But yeah, Evil Within 2. So far, it's an excellent game. It's not a full Tom Atkins. There are still issues. Like, I keep getting stuck behind stuff or I keep clipping behind stuff or enemies see me when they shouldn't. That's really irritating, but that's the problem with stealth mechanics in any third-person game. Like, they'll see the back of your foot, but they won't see your whole head poking out as you look around a corner. Um, but I, I give it a really strong Julianne Moore. Ooh. I'll um, I'll keep playing it. I'll, I'll do an updated review. I think at the year end, I'm going to do like a couple of reviews for games I've actually completed this year. And well, just... We're supposed to do best of the year, though. Are we doing the best of the year again? Well, we always do. That's true. Right, before the best of the year episode, I'll do like a little catch-up and do like a round-up of stuff that I've completed and how it's matched up. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's my last review. So, Anne. Ever. Oh, man. 
So, Ant, you're going to be watching Paddington 2. I'm going to be watching the rest of The Punisher. I'm not. You're not going to go see Paddington 2? What no. films are coming out that you're looking forward to? I guess Star Wars is the next film, isn't it? Star Wars is kind of the next film. Yeah. I don't think I'm even really excited. If I had the money, I'd be going to see more films. Like, I'd want to go see three billboards outside figging, figging. Yeah, but... uh, And, you know, there's a bunch of films I would watch if I had the money to go out, but I don't, so... (laughs) I don't think three billboards is going to play anywhere. Not around here, no. No. I think you're most likely better seeing that is tomorrow at the Screen Unseen in Guildford. I think it's tomorrow. Uh, But, yeah, that's that's it from me. Uh, And... Did you get the Black Panther trailer before Justice League? I can't remember. If I'm really that film looks fucking lovely on a big screen. I um, I'm looking right. forward to that. I can't remember, but you got to remember that I don't watch. Uh, I don't get in early if I'm going with Tara. She hates going in and watching trailers. Outrageous! Yeah, trailers are the best part. Mm. They were the best part of Justice League. That's part of Justice League with the credits. Oh, yeah. They had words on them and then it ended. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's yeah. the fact it ended. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. say goodbye. Well, you can find me at Chris Apocalypse on Twitter. You can find Anne at LV54SpaceMonkey on Twitter. You can also find him on YouTube under Mellow Gaming, the most popular Mellow Gaming channel on, on YouTube right now. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, out yeah, of all the ones with the same name. That niche market, he's cornered it. Yeah. What would you say your your most defining aspects are on your YouTube videos? Um, you scream a lot, don't you? Yeah, I'm very well known for screaming, and saying scared. racist stuff. Yeah, yeah, you say racist stuff, and then yeah. you bulk up unnaturally halfway through, and it turns out you're six foot four, and intimidate quite a few people. Mm. And you name yourself after multiplayer, but you change it slightly. Do I? Yeah, my name's Sai. Expo something. No, I'm, I was making a joke about Mark because he's actually a fucking giant, isn't he? Oh yeah, he is. And yeah. he got like massively. He's the up biggest Korean point. in the world. Is he Korean? He's half Korean. Is he? Yeah. Oh. But yeah, he's like really tall. Or Filipino. He's really tall, and he he bulked up at one point. You know, when everybody was going through that YouTube fitness thing. Yeah. And he got massive, and he looked like a fucking monster. It's terrifying. Yeah, I think um, this was it. He got really bulky in the now and got a man crush on him. Did he? Yeah, Game Grumps. I think he loves him. Ah, oh. I think they're gonna kiss. Aaron's a weird guy. He's alright. He's alright, but he's a very strange guy. He's surprisingly yeah. big. Yeah, well, it's not just that. Like, he, whenever they're talking about stuff, and Dan's like, "Have you ever like smoked weed and just played video games for the morning?" He goes, "Oh yeah, I've done that, but without the weed." It's like, <laughs> oh, have you ever got so drunk that he's like, he's like, oh yeah, yeah Aaron doesn't drink or do yeah. anything like that. No, he's a, he's a well-behaved boy. Yeah, so like, he just likes to show his dicks to his friends. Like they get together, they have the D club. What? Oh, you haven't ever seen the episode? Look, just go on YouTube, do Game Grumps D Club, and find out the episode. I think it was Ninja Bread Man. Yeah, I think it was playing where they're talking about the D Club, which was a thing Aaron had when he was a teenager. <laughs> what was the D Club? When a bunch of dudes they just get together and like sit around with their dicks out. <laughs> Why would people do that? <laughs> it's just a thing. He so was... what? When they were like fifteen? No, when they were like in their like eighteen, nineteen. Like, 18 or 19 and they would just go and get the did they not have sex with women or something no no they just looked at each other's dicks like <laughs> why well Aaron you, wasn't like why would why wasn't Aaron oh what because he didn't he was a late bloomer he's only been with Susie hasn't he really yeah yeah. he talks about it all the time I've watched every episode of Game Gums I know he's my he's only ever been with Susie yeah how old is he uh 30 now I think and he's only ever been with one woman yeah they've been together like 12 years though, or something like that Be- has only ever been with one woman. Yeah. 
He's not the womanizer Danny is. Yeah, but I'm not a womanizer, and I've been with a few women. <laughs> I'm not going to say the number because it's either going to make me sound like a slut or sound like someone who hasn't had. That is all the glory hole action you've been up to. Lots. Um, Go cottaging. You've you've met a couple of my friends. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Supposed to end. Well, yeah. The Let's episode. end it before I get any incriminating evidence going. Um, all right. Well, as always, it's it's goodbye from me and and it's goodbye from you. Goodbye from you. Yeah. If uh, if you want us to fix it for you, just write on in. Uh, just stamped addressed envelope says I am underage, and uh, we'll get right on it. We're gonna fix it for people. Like Jim did. <laughs> like, like, our patron saint. Oh, well, fuck, where am I going with this? <laughs> Alright, Ant, can you play us do out? Do you want me to hit the stop out? button? You want to be in my hit, game? Click on stop. Bye. Burn, burn the rain. Burn it down. Burn, burn for you. That was Lost Profits, wasn't it? Do you know any songs by brand new? <laughs> oh.